We're so thankful to have, I'm, I'm glad to have a fellow Hoosier. Uh, Brother Weir and I got something in common. He lived in Indiana for many years, and we did too for about, uh, I guess, 30 years or so. And uh, maybe more than that, probably close to 40 years. And, and now you're moved from Indiana to Tennessee. I did the same thing. I retired from Indiana and went to Maryville, Tennessee. Isn't that amazing? But here we both are at Bethlehem tonight, and we're here to magnify the Lord. And let's make Brother Jason we're welcome. Amen. All of you that are online, you can give him a hand clap. He can't hear it, but he'll know it's coming. Amen. How about we just give the Lord that hand clap right now? Praise God. Amen. What an awesome God we serve. Amen. And I'm so thankful to be here tonight. Amen. I... I I get uh, antsy when we talk about not being in the house of the Lord. Amen. So I'm so thankful that we're here. Amen. And uh, I'm I'm thankful for God's power. Amen. And His ability. We serve an awesome God, don't we? Amen. We serve an awesome God. Amen. And I know that He is able to meet every one of our needs. Amen. And I love Him today. Awesome he is. Amen. I wanna I wanna just obey the Lord. I, I kinda I kinda feel like um, it did during COVID. Um, I went over to our church to preach one time, one and we was online, it was just me and my family. And my daughters had snuck in there and they had took all of the puppets out of children's church and lined them on the pews. So they said I was so I wouldn't be preaching to an empty house. Now, now those puppets never amen to me. And so I'm going to need y'all to be better than those puppets were. Amen. I'm going to need you to help me preach. Amen. And we're just honored to, to be here. And, uh, and uh, I know I know there's, there's one thing for sure. Uh, Brother and Sister Carson and myself are probably more ready to drive in this weather than anybody else. Amen. Because we just was accustomed to it. It took more than that to slow us down. So. Amen. But I love the Lord today. Acts chapter number 28. Amen. I'm kind of going to skim through the book of Acts here for a little bit. But I believe God still wants to speak to somebody either here or online. Amen. And the beauty of it is if two or three constitutes enough for God to be in the midst, then this is a fellowship rally time. Amen. Amen. We got five churches represented. So thankful to get a worship God today. Acts chapter 28, verse 1. And when they were escaped, they all knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and perceived us, everyone, because of the present rain, and received us, rather, and because of the cold. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No no doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live." And he shook off the beast into the fire 
And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit that they looked when he should have swollen, he should have swollen and or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while, they saw no harm come to him. They changed their minds and said that he was a God. The barbarians, the enemy, and I'm going to even say type and shadow of Satan, being a serpent, thought they had the man of God right here, right where they wanted him. And it should have killed him, but he survived Satan's attempt. Amen. And I want to preach for just a few moments. I'll be mindful. I know you got to travel in this, this weather, but I want to preach for just a few moments surviving Satan's attempt. Surviving Satan's attempt. God of heaven, I love you. I praise you. I know you're able. I pray you speak to every soul that's here and that's online tonight. Let us hear what heaven is wanting to say to us. Help us understand, God, what you're speaking to us tonight. And I pray, God, that we would walk in victory. We would walk in victory. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And we give you praise right now, God, because you're an awesome God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. We can look back over our life, and I'm sure if we took time to let everyone speak tonight, you could say you could look back over your life and realize that it is only by the grace of God that we are here. Amen. The reason I am a man that believes in restoration and people being restored back to the fold is it's only the grace of God that kept me from needing restoration. It's only his grace that we're here tonight. Amen. It's only by his mercy that we can say I survived some storms and I've survived some attempts of the devil to take my life. Car wrecks, sickness, addictions, drowning, so many other circumstances have taken the lives of people that we love and we've been acquainted with. But somehow God has kept us for this moment. He has kept us for this day. I'm thankful tonight that I know the God that is a God of grace and mercy. Oh, hallelujah. And when Satan sets out to take my life and there's, a, there's an assassination attempt spiritually and even sometimes physically, I've got a God that's working on my behalf. Oh, hallelujah. I'm thankful that I know God is able to keep me through every storm. Praise God. Amen. The Bible teaches us in Acts 27 that, 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 that Paul told him, I perceive that this voyage is with hurt and much damage. We're not just going to lose the ship, but it's possible that we could even lose our lives. And, and he said, I think we need to stay in the harbor. The Bible said they believed the master and the owner of those ship uh, more than those things which were spoken by Paul. If you'll read through the 27th chapter, they, they were sitting there in ease. The Bible said that a south wind is blowing softly, that everything is going good. And I'm sure some of those men were thinking what in the world was Paul thinking when he said, that this was going to be a bad voyage but not long after it there arose a tempestuous wind amen a 28 day storm a battle that was sent to take their life a storm that they should not have survived man the Bible teaches us they got rid of the luggage they started lightening the ship they got rid of the tackle they threw everything overboard amen and when the vessel was
was destroyed, there was still men that was floating to shore because God said, you're going to survive another attempt of the adversary. I'm going to tell somebody when the storm is over, you're going to be able to stand and say, I survived the storm. I survived the devil's attempt to take me out of the race. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible said some made it to land on boards and broken pieces of that, ship, that vessel. Amen. And I'm thankful tonight. Amen. I'm thankful that I've made it through some storms. Oh, yes. Amen. I'm thankful. I'm sure there's some in here tonight that can raise their hands and say, God, I'm thankful. I've, I've made it through. I might be broken. I might be broken, but I'm still going to make it. I might be wounded, but I'm still going to make it. I might have some battle scars, but I'm still going to make it. I might have some confusion and might have cried all night, but I still got a God that helped me survive Satan's attempt. And I'm still standing. I'm still praising God. I'm still living for God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And I know that everything is not maybe perfect, but thank God I made it through the storm. Amen. I've had to look at my life before and say, I know I'm not where I should be, but thank God I'm not where I was. Thank God I'm headed in the right direction. I'm moving in the right direction. I might be chopping the water all around me, amen, to keep from drowning, but thank God I survived the attempt of hell. Thank God I survived the attempt of the adversary to take my life. Hallelujah. I was sitting. Now, now God might give you a big angelic visitation when he speaks to you. The trees may be blowing in the wind. And the birds may be chirping in just a beautiful day. And all of a sudden, God just speaks a little gentle word. That ain't how he speaks to me, y'all. He got to scream at me. I don't know if I'm deaf or, or, or stubborn. I ain't decided yet. But somehow, God's got to scream at me to get my attention. Amen. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in a motel room. I'm, I'm sitting in a motel room, and I'm, I'm telling God how everything needs to work out. Amen. I was still battling what I, what I testified to you about this morning. And, and, and things should have killed me. And, 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 and I'm still I'm going and preaching, but I'm battling and I'm struggling. And, and I'm, I'm telling God this has got to happen and that's got to happen. And I hear the voice of God as loud and as plain as what I'm talking to you right now. And he said, you need to stop it. I said, what? I'm just praying. And God said, you're not praying. You're trying to be your own God. He said, you're trying to figure your own way out of the storm. And he said, what I need you to do is trust me through the storm. Look, I've come to tell somebody, there are some things gonna happen in your life that you're not gonna be able to find the way through it on your own ability or your own intelligence. But my God, if you'll put your faith in God, there's not a storm that can stop you. There's not a mountain that can overtake you. There's not a battle that can stop you. Uh, suddenly he had my attention. So he, had to, he could quit screaming at me. And he starts talking to me. And he said, I'm going to open the windows of heaven. I'm going to open the windows of heaven upon your ministry. And you got to understand something, folks. I'm battling in my mind that, that my ministry should have just died when, when I went into a storm. 
and that everything should have just dried up and I should have gave up on it. That's the battle that's in my mind. You should have just quit. You should have just gave up. But somehow, I kept getting up service after service and going in there, Brother Craig, and preaching. And the anointing had blessed me for a few minutes. And I'd get a little bit of relief from that spirit. And I'm sitting in this motel and God's telling me, you need to quit being God. And then he says to me, that I'm going to bless you and I'm going to open the windows of heaven because you stayed faithful in the absence of explanation. He said, when I wouldn't tell you what I was doing in your life, you kept preaching and you kept loving me. And Folks, I'm telling you, the storm does not have to take you out. The storm does not have to stop you. You can stay faithful and he'll open the windows of heaven. Ah, hallelujah. There's those of us here tonight that we never should have made it. We've been through things that we never should have survived. And we shouldn't be sitting here tonight. Oh, but God somehow in his providential care gave us the ability to survive the attempts of Satan. Oh God, if you've ever survived Satan's assassination attempt on you, you ought to just love Jesus right now. You ought to just love Jesus. Oh my God. Lord, I thank you for keeping us. I thank you, God, when we didn't know where our strength was coming from. I thank you when we didn't know how we was going to make it. Somehow, you gave us strength. Somehow, you gave us the ability to stand. Paul was not on a ship with all of his buddies. Those that was on that ship were commissioned to take Paul's life. They's there to shut his ministry up, stop him from preaching, stop him from being the greatest evangelist and missionary that, that, that still has ever existed. He gets off a ship, he goes down and prays prayers and gets off a ship and he prayed the prayers of, to save his enemy. And then they come up on this land. And the Bible says it was barbaric people. Man, and you know, they showed us no little kindness. But that didn't mean they weren't kind to them. That meant they were over kind to them. Amen, it wasn't little kindness. They gave them a much kindness. They showed them much kindness. And, 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 and they, they start putting faith. And, and, and so Paul says, I'm gonna go help bundle, I'm gonna get some sticks for them. I'm gonna help build a fire. And Paul starts building the fire that they was about to roast him over. You ever had the enemy getting you to build your own fire? Uh, I've had the enemy put me in situations where my words were being manipulated. Things were being used against me and it looked like I was building my own fire that they's about to roast me over. It's where Paul's at. And then Satan, if that's not enough, he's on a vessel with people that want him dead. He lands on an island with people that want him dead and now Satan wants him dead. He brings a serpent out of those sticks and it gets a hold of him. He said, said, in Acts 28, said, as soon as it got to him, the Bible says that those barbarians just stopped. Started looking at him. Said, oh, any moment, any moment, he gonna swell up and fall over dead. Oh, we, we ain't gonna have to kill this boy. All we gotta do is roast him. 
So we got him right where we want him. Amen. And the enemy has told himself several times with many of us, I got them right where I want them. And I'm going to cause a sudden defeat in their life. But somehow, Paul understood that there's power in the shaking. And now you might think Paul just kind of stood there and said, oh, it's a little snake. But I believe Paul got violent. I believe Paul started violently shaking. I believe if you was watching and you never saw that serpent and that viper, you'd think maybe Paul was having a Holy Ghost fit. Maybe Paul was worshiping out there with everybody that wanted him dead. I've come to tell somebody when the enemy's against you and the enemy wants you dead and the enemy wants to steal your joy and the enemy wants to steal your peace, You need to shake it off. You need to start shaking. You need to have a worship fit. You need to go to God and say, you know what? This battle's not going to steal my joy. This battle's not going to steal my victory. I'm going to survive the attempts of Satan. The world is waiting for your downfall. Some of you have family members that's just sitting around saying, Well, they say they're living for God. We'll see how long it lasts. We'll see how long it lasts. Hey, I'm thankful today that I survived the attempts of hell. Oh, God. I had every opportunity. I'm thankful for five generations of apostolic on my daddy's side. I'm thankful for four generations of apostolic preaching on my daddy's side. But on my mama's side, my grandfather was a town drunk and my grandmother was a town prostitute. They didn't have anything to offer God. They was living their life and they were living it up for hell and everything they could. Amen. But somehow, in God's care, he got a hold of my mother walking down a railroad track and she starts singing a song she heard from Sunday school when her parents sent her just to get rid of her for a little while and she started singing at 12 years old oh I want to see him look upon his face there to sing forever of his saving grace and that day on that railroad track God filled my mother with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and right there she said I'm going to break some curses in my family my children when God gives them to me are not going to be alcoholics they're not going to be drug addicts and I can tell you with with godly pride my mama had three boys and today all three of us boys have been preaching one God apostolic holiness without which no man just said our message is still the same because mama said I'm going to survive hell's attempt I'm going to survive Satan's attempt. I've come to tell you, generational curses don't have to kill you. Uh, Your family and your upbringing and your heritage doesn't have to dictate who you are in God. You can survive Satan's attempt. The children of Israel, and I'm going to hasten tonight, when the children of Israel went through the Red Sea, God didn't just part the waters. But he dried the ground that they walked on. When they reached the other side, there wasn't mud between their toes. Their sandals didn't need cleaned off. You couldn't even tell. They had been through the storm and the water. I've come to tell somebody tonight, you just got to keep on walking. 
because when the battle's over, you're not even going to be able to tell you've been through the storm. You're not even going to be able to tell that hell was trying to kill you because he's going to get back everything that the canker worm has destroyed. He's going to get back everything that the storm has taken. Oh, you got to keep on walking. Where people lose the double portion and where people lose the blessings of God is when they stop in the midst of the storm. They stop in the midst of the attempt of hell. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter what the enemy's doing to you. Keep on walking. Doesn't matter what the doctor's saying. You can survive. It doesn't matter what that rebellious child is saying or doing right now. You can survive hell's attempt. It doesn't matter what your financial report looks like. You can survive hell's attempt. This is not a place to sit and cry. It's a place to get up and keep on walking. It's a place to say, never have I ever been so blessed of the Lord. Never have I ever had the mercy of God like I do right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The only evidence that you've been through the storm will be that you'll have greater faith. You'll have a greater love and a greater commitment to a greater God. Hallelujah. Somebody said, but you don't understand. I've been going through it. How beauty of that is, you ought to stop right there and praise God because you just prophesied your victory. I used to have people come in when I was pastor and say, Pastor, man, I'm just going through so much right now. I said, praise God. They look at me like, what kind of pastor are you? I said, praise God you're going through it. You're not going to die in the middle of it. You're going to keep on walking. You're going to keep on walking. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Let me remind you that not only do we serve a God that let them walk on dry ground, not only do we serve a God that took David through the, through the, through the valley of the shadow of death, but we serve a God that walked into a fiery furnace with three Hebrew boys that when they were thrown into the fire the men that threw them into the fire died at the door because of the heat that came at the door the very fact that they went into the furnace was a proof and a guarantee that they were coming out of the furnace I've come to tell somebody if the storm was going to kill you it would have killed you at the beginning if the trial was going to get you it would have got you when it started the very fact that God lets you walk into it is proof that you're coming out of it. Oh, somebody ought to praise him right now. You know, sometimes God lets us go into the fire. And God lets us go into the fire for a reason. Because the only thing I can see is that they bound those Hebrew boys and they threw them into the fire. They went in in a way that they should not have been able to have walked. They should not have been able to have moved. And, and old Nebuchadnezzar thought the fire is going to kill them. Just like the enemy thinks when he puts some of us through the fire. That's going to take them out of the race. This will be what they, this, they won't survive this one. The enemy thinks that. But I want you to notice the only thing 
that was destroyed in the fire was the bands that hailed the Hebrew boys. Their clothes didn't get singed. Their hair didn't, they didn't even, the Bible said, they didn't even smell like fire when they came out of it. I've come to tell somebody, sometimes he lets us go into the fire so he can loose us from the battle that's been holding us. I can tell you right now, Jason Weir shouldn't be here, but I survived Satan's attempt. And he wasn't by my strength, and he wasn't by my works, but it was by his spirit that I survived the storm. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If I followed the lineage of my mother's family, I should be strung out on drugs. I should be an alcoholic. I should be tore up by the sins of this world. But I survived the attempt. Paul shook off that beast. That viper should have killed him. Uh, There are some things that you can pray and ask God to take away. And then there are some things that you have to walk through. God will take you out of some battles but some battles he makes you walk through. Oh God. But he give us a remedy like the Apostle Paul. Just start praising. Just start shaking. I heard Bishop Wilson preach one time at youth conference and he done so good. He just preached shake it off. Shake it off. Said when the enemy hurts your feelings, shake it off. When the enemy's trying to wreck your family, shake it off. When the enemy's trying to wreck your finances, shake it off. When the enemy's trying to confuse you, shake it off. What is that? Shaking off the spirit of hopelessness. Shaking off the spirit of suicide. Shaking off the spirit of poverty. Shaking off the spirit of anxiety. Shaking off the spirit of loneliness. Shaking off the spirit of barrenness. Because I've got a God that did not leave me in the fire alone. But he became my fourth man in the fire. And he walked through the fire with me. Oh God. Samson said, I will go out as the other times and shake myself. This leads us to believe that there was some physical action on Samson's part. That was a signal for the anointing. Samson had already failed. He'd already messed up. And he said, I'll go out like I have before and shake myself. I'm going to tell you something. You start praising God, it don't matter how deep the storm is, you're going to get victory. Because God can't turn down praise. God can't turn down worship. Matter of fact, I didn't find any place in the Bible. There's all kinds of, re- uh, of, of qualifications to be a bishop, to be a preacher, to be all these things. But I don't find any place in the Bible where he put a qualification on being a worshiper. Matter of fact, a man full of demons. A legion of demons ran and worshipped and y'all might not think so but I think somewhere when he saw Jesus step off the boat that he started shaking somehow I believe that in his jog over to where Jesus was there was some shaking going on and I think 
Oh, hallelujah. If a demoniac, if a man with a legion of demons can get the attention of God by being a worshiper, what do you think a child of God can get? What do you think a Holy Ghost filled, born again believer can get? If you'll be a worshiper, you can get the victory. Stand with me tonight. Stand with me tonight. The Bible teaches us, amen, that you can take up serpents. You can take up scorpions. Now, there's, there's an element of people who I think are just crazy that takes that literal. Y'all start bringing snakes out, I'm out of here. I don't think that's literal. I think what the scripture's telling us is a, a viper, a serpent, strikes with its head. They strike with its head. But, 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 but a scorpion strikes with its tail. I think that's why he used those two analogies. Why? To let you know, heads or tails, you win when you're a worshiper. I don't know about you folks. The coming of the Lord is closer now than it's ever been. And I don't have time to just have cute church. I don't have time to just be a cute Christian. I've got to be a worshiper. I've got to be a worshiper. I'm passing something on to my children. I want my children to be a worshiper. I want my children to marry worshipers. I want my children to be praisers. I can tell you. I can tell you. of a man, and I won't tell all the details, but a man growing up in our home church that sat in a hospital room for 48 days 48 days with inner ear infection 48 days they could not even turn the light on in the room because they come in and the room would begin to spin so much that brother Bill would vomit and so the doctors had to always do their inspections on him in the dark or they had to sedate him to do any kind of inspection 48 days but I'm telling you about a man who outlived Six doctors, six different doctors told Brother Bill, you're going to die in six months. He'd go to their funeral and pick another doctor. I didn't think the man was ever going to die. I don't mean that to be derogatory. As a matter of fact, when he did die, the, the undertaker did not know that he had a pacemaker. And he didn't disengage that pacemaker. And we're standing at the viewing and something was said about Brother Bill's pacemaker. And that undertaker started panicking. He said, William has a pacemaker? Yes, sir. He said, oh, Lord. He said, if that thing shocks, his hand is liable to fly up out of that casket. He said, his foot is liable to kick that, that bottom lid. He said, oh, Lord. He said, Y'all got, he said I won't be, I'll be a nervous wreck until we seal that casket tomorrow. So let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Mr. Undertaker. If that happened at any other funeral, we'd be, we'd be scared. But if Brother Bill's hand comes up out of that casket, after outliving all them doctors, we have a revival, Bubba. Brother Bill came. He finally told them doctors, I've been here 48 days and you haven't done anything for me. If you'll let me go to one service, one service, God's going to heal me. Brother Bill meant it. 
telling you a minute, he came in after 48 days. I remember so well, they pulled the ambulance right up to the front of our church. They got him on a, on a, on a gurney. They got him into the church. They laid him down on the back pew. His, his unsaved kids came because they wanted to make sure we didn't have apostolic church that night. But you can't hold a worshiper down. They start singing, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. And what do you know? Here pops up Brother Bill from that laying down position. He gets himself pulled up to the seat. Them kids jump up and tell him, Daddy, you need to sit down. You need to sit down. You, you're not well, Daddy. Duke, you, could, you can't hold. You can't keep a worshiper down, and you can't hold a worshiper down. I'll never forget Brother Bill. Man, I'm telling you, I'm giving Brother Avery a workout on that camera tonight. I'll never forget Brother Bill putting his, his foot out of that pew. And we had that little shotgun church at that time. And he put his back up against that wall. And he started walking around the church using that wall to stabilize him. His kids are having a fit. And I don't mean Holy Ghost fit. He gets to the back wall. He gets all the way across. They're still singing, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He gets all the way up the side wall. He gets to the front of church and he runs out a wall. Now it's time to check our faith, baby. Now it's time to see if you're really a worshiper. There he goes. Brother Bill kind of looked like Otis off of Andy Griffith. And when he had that inner ear, he really looked like Otis because he looked drunk. He gets off the wall and one step at a time he gets out there. He gets to the middle of the church. Back then they thought it was a good idea to route the edges on those old Appalachian oak pews because it's pretty but they were sharp as a razor. Brother Bill got to the middle of the church and down he went. And over the music over the shouting and over the praise, you could hear the side of his head hit the edge of that pew. Down he went. There come them unsafe children screaming, I told you he didn't need to come to church. But you can't keep a worshiper down. Somehow, in the providential care of God, when he hit that pew, God spoke to my dad, who was pastor, and said, leave him alone. God's doing a work right now. And they let him lay there, speaking in another tongue. And when he got up, he was walking straight. He was... Somehow, when his head hit the edge of that pew, it hit right where that tumor and right where that infection was grown at. He walked back in the hospital that night, waved at the doctor, said, I'm here just to get my belongings. They said, what happened to you? He said, I told you, if you can let me get to the house of God, he was going to let me survive the attempt of hell. Somebody ought to praise him right now. Dr. Virgislami came in at midnight. Brother Bill's standing there waiting on him. He said, William, what happened to you? He said, I told you, doctor, I don't like salami. 
said, Brother Bill, it's not salami. His name is Virga Salami. He said, I still don't like salami. That doctor said, what happened? And he said, I met a better doctor. Folks, I'm going to tell you, I don't care what your storm is. Shake it off in the fire. Shake it off. Shake it off. Because God has came to let you survive Satan's attempt. Those of us that are here ought to be praising him right now as they begin to sing. Let's give God some worship right now. I know it's a snowy Sunday night, but I wonder if you'd make your way to the front as we close this service and just give God some glory. You can't keep a worshiper down.
love Him and thank Him tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. You that are here this evening, you that are watching online, whatever trial you may be going through right now, whatever valley you might be passing through, sickness, disease, financial problem, even death and hell, don't give up. Don't give up. The Lord didn't say when things get rough, I'm going to leave you. But he said, I will go with you always, even unto the end of the world. Bishop Wilson, I've heard him say this many times. He said, it's going to be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, it's not the end. Well, I'm telling you, the end is about to come. And I believe God's getting a church ready that's going to hold on to the end in Jesus' name. Amen. Do we appreciate the Word of God tonight? Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Father. Turn it over to Him. Amen. Brother Craig's going to come and make an announcement concerning our herd conference, and uh, he can dismiss us tonight.